if you genuinely believe that a gorilla would beat a bear in a fight, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what's gone wrong in your life for you to think that. Of course the bear wins. The bear is raw power. The gorilla's just like a fucking jacked human. A bear's a bear. I don't know what to tell you. Of course the bear wins. Play that music. Did I ever tell you about the time that I got the shit kicked out of me? Well, strap in, because I'm going to. So, picture the scene. It's 2013. I'm an 18-year-old, fresh-faced, skinny streak of a smear of a man. Me and my best friend Jordan, we used to go out a lot. We're talking three or four times a week, and I don't just mean a couple of beers here and there. I mean full-on, nuts-to-butts drinking sessions, three-to-three style shit. We'd start with a classy glass of wine in a cafe in the afternoon pretending to be sooty gentlemen and we'd finish in a titty bar with blurry eyes, a crushed up packet of cigarettes and the stains of lady nectar upon our jeans. I've spent a lot more time in titty bars in my life than I'm willing to admit, but I'll tell you something for free. The girls that work in those places are fucking incredible people and they have some of the best stories that you will ever hear. Way better stories than I'll ever tell you. But there's still such a strange stigma around working in the sex industry. Who gives a fuck? Who writes the rules? Decriminalize all sex work. Give these guys and gals the rights, the dignity and the safety that they deserve. That's another argument for another day. But, you know, in fact, it's not even an argument. Fuck out of here. Anyway, Jordan and I got mad hammered. I don't know if this was the same night, but I have a really vivid memory of being at Jordan's house prior to a night out. I had a bottle of Jack Daniels and he had a bottle of tequila. We'd called a cab and we had about 10 minutes until it was going to show up and we'd been drinking beers instead of the spirits for some fucking reason. And the beers just hadn't really hit us yet. You know, when they just haven't sunk in, you're not really feeling that drunk. And like I say, the cab was en route, so we were on borrowed time to get an acceptable level of pre-drunk. So Jordan took two standard glasses, the type that you'd have a glass of Robinson squash in. He cracked open my bottle of Jack Daniels and he filled both the glasses halfway. He then cracked open the tequila that he had and he topped up those glasses. We held our noses and we prayed we didn't drown, just to give you an idea of the type of shit that we were doing to ourselves. We'd usually go out on a Tuesday night. Tuesdays and Thursdays were the student nights in Lincoln. Um, We weren't students, but we were that age, so we could, you know, reap the cheap. We always used to hit this bar called L4 first. It was dirt cheap drinks, off-brand, so you'd be drinking shit called like Smirnikoff or Falaboo. But they'd be doubles for a quid, so, you know, the fuck are you going to do? We'd load up there. I mean, we were young men. Money was hard to come by. I'm fairly sure that place is still open. It has a much better reputation now. It used to be one of those places where if somebody called and wanted to join you on a night out, you'd tell them where you were and they'd sort of respond, oh, okay, well, I'll stay where I am for now, but I'll catch you later, yeah? But like I said, I think it's meant to be better now. Anyway, after going to L4, we'd head to a club called Lola Low, which was just the shit. It was a downstairs club, pounding music, and the gimmick was that everything was Hawaiian-themed. So they'd pump this coconut and pineapple fragrance into the whole building, and it smelled phenomenal. If they ever turned that into a Yankee candle, I would buy a hundred. But they used to have this night called Jaeger Rocks, which was Jaeger bombs for a pound. 
I think the energy drink was like Boost or Fire or some other happy shopper shit. And I'm fairly confident the quote unquote Jaeger was something called Messer Schmidt or Messy Shit, as we used to call it. Yeah, Messer Schmidt, Messy Shit. Yep. So they were, I don't know, they were more like faker bombs than Jaeger bombs. I once sank 33 of those faker bombs in one evening. We used to walk in with a £10 note. We'd go straight to the bar and say, now then, mate, I'll have 10 Jaegers, please. And he'd lay out 10 cups on the bar. And you'd kind of have to go, no, no, can I just have one big cup, but with 10 Jaegers in it, and then you just top that up with energy drink? They used to look at us like we'd just ask to wank them off. Just sheer confusion. So that's what we do. We just knock about the club for an hour with literal pints of Jaeger bomb. And I can remember one night we went in and I asked for my normal 10 in a cup. And the guy said, can't do that for you anymore, mate. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Why? And he replied, binge drinking laws. So I asked him, well, can I have five in one cup and then five in a bigger cup with the intention of pouring the first five into the bigger cup? And without hesitation, he just went, sure. Well, what was the fucking point then? What was the point in the binge drinking laws? Anyway, back to me getting my fucking head staved in. It was a busy night at Lolo Lo, and we'd headed there to see my friend Andy, who is a DJ. I can't remember what he was celebrating. I think he was doing something with Ministry of Sound or something like that. It was a big occasion for him. But he was behind the decks that night, and he'd got Jordan and I a table, a bottle of vodka, and a bottle of Prosecco. They lasted half an hour tops. We were bollocksed. So we headed off to a nightclub called Home, about a five-minute walk away. I don't remember leaving Lola Low, and we never made it to home. So we're sat at the table in Lola Low, and then all of a sudden, the next memory I have, I was laying on the floor outside around the back of Home Nightclub, which is where we'd intended to go. It's, it's a fucking long alleyway. It was notorious for people taking drugs and stopping for a piss. And I open my eyes, and there's a crowd around me, and I hear one guy go, fuck me, is he all right? And I don't know if I said it or not. I certainly tried. But I recall saying back to him, Do I fucking look alright? So, fast forward again. The next time I woke up, hospital bed. Still had my phone, wallet and keys, so I hadn't been mugged. Hands and arms covered in blood. And beside me, police officer. He gave me the full rundown on what had happened. Do you remember I said that street was notorious for pissing? CCTV had shown me splitting off from Jordan en route to the club to go for a piss. I did manage to piss, which I think is very important to mention. I did not and have never pissed myself. Anyway, as I tucked my wang away and started walking again, three fucking grown-ass men walked towards me. CCTV showed I didn't even look at them, let alone say anything. And the biggest of these motherfuckers threw a punch, which completely sparked me out. They all gave me a few kicks, mainly to my head, and then they just walked off. Grand, aren't people fucking great? Oh, three grown men kicking the fuck out of an 18-year-old who's on his own. You're well hard, I wish I was you. Bet you've all got fucking massive knobs and shag loads of birds. Fucking pricks. So what happened is a crowd had gathered around me and somebody had called an ambulance and called the police. The door lads at home nightclub had come around. This was a situation. One of the door lads had gone up to the office and checked the CCTV to find out what had happened to relay it to the police. And by the time he got back, the police had arrived. Do you know who else had arrived? The same three lads that had just filled me in. They were wondering what all the fuss was about, why there was a crowd. So this door lad, who's just watched the CCTV back, nudged the coppers and said, well, it was those fucking guys. 
how fucking dumb do you have to be to return to the scene of a crime almost immediately after committing the crime? Fucking schoolboy error. Anyway, back to the hospital. I was all stitched up, nasty cut over my eye, and I went for a walk. The nurses advised against going for a walk, but I wanted to get some air, wash the fucking blood off my hands, get some, you know, get my heart pumping, and just wake back up, really. And who do I see as I walk through the hospital? Jordan, in a wheelchair. When we'd become separated, I went for a piss down that street, and he'd gone for a piss at the top of some steel stairs, literally around the corner from me. And he'd slipped, and he'd cracked the back of his head open. So the nightclub had two incidents that evening, both around the back of their premises. Two best friends both rushed to hospital within about 10 minutes of each other. Fucking Jesus Christ. We spoke in the hospital and we kind of, you gotta remember we were 18, 19, and we concluded, well, this, this just proves it, best friends forever, that kind of thing. It was nothing to do with best friends forever. There wasn't some higher power reuniting us in Lincoln Hospital's A&E department. It's because we were both clumsy, fucking drunk morons. It was nothing to do with best friendship. But that's a nicer story, isn't it? Even though it was so many years ago, I'm still not entirely sure what I am and what I'm not allowed to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. The guy that threw the punch was training to be a solicitor when he went to court. I can't remember the sentence he got. I think they all got a suspended sentence, but the guy had done it before. This trainee solicitor had done something like this before. So I genuinely hope from the bottom of my heart that it fucked up every opportunity for him. It's not nice to hold a grudge, but it's also not nice to assault 18-year-olds who are on their own and clearly absolutely hammered. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Fuck that guy. Anyway, you might be wondering why I'm telling you this story. Well, you don't get a guidebook when you turn 18. There's advice here and there, but there's no specific set of rules or instructions. You kind of just have to find your own way with your own experiences. I know I might sound like such a fucking boomer right now, but Jesus Christ, I've had people disagree with me on all of everything I'm about to say in the past. But as I said before, I can only speak from my own experiences. But my experiences were fucking awesome. I wouldn't be able to sit here recording and talking like this if it weren't for the stupid things that I did between the ages of 18 and uh, 22. About 22. I'd have no stories, no confidence, no ability to communicate. Oh, but maybe it's not good to have that many drinking stories. Fuck you. I have drinking stories that could put fucking rock stars to shame. Have you ever been assaulted by a completely naked stripper who took her nipple clamps off first so she could throw hands properly? Have you ever watched a grown man stick his dick in a pint of lager and claim that he could drink through his urethra? I don't think so. I don't think you do have those stories. So I want to tell you the things that I think every 18-year-old man should know. Why just men and why not every 18-year-old in general? Because I have no experience of anything else and the last thing any woman needs is another man telling her how to live her life. So let's get into it. Number one, bicep curls. I didn't learn this until this year and I am pretty pissed off that it took seven years of being an adult to get there. Bicep curls are a fucking cheat code in terms of exercise. Compared to every other form of exercise on planet Earth and for the results they give, bicep curls feel like cheating. They're like grapes. Grapes aren't a fruit. They're sweets. But they're not sweets. They're fruit. Cheat code. Number two urinals or urinals, whichever you call them. 
urinal etiquette is bullshit. This has lost some traction because of COVID and nobody can get close to each other anyway, but this is still going to be a big one for me when we all get that vaccine. If there are three urinals in a line, number one and number three are taken. What do you do? 99% of men will say, I'm going to wait until those guys finish. Why? Do you think those guys are going to have a little peek at your weenie and then go back to their table with all of their friends and say, Jesus, you should have seen how small this guy's dick was in the bathroom just now. No, they're not going to do that because that's weird. Oh, but what if the guys at urinals one and three are both gay? So what are they going to do? Grab your dick and run away with it? Grow up. I used to work in a pub on the outskirts of Lincoln. I was about 20 years old. I remember going for a piss on my shift and this old guy came in and he walked up to a urinal about three or four down from me. And he said, you're on the bar, aren't you, mate? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am. And he said, oh, God, when you go back, could I have two IPAs and a large Coke, no ice? Like we both have our dicks in our hands. Could this not have waited? Don't be that guy either. Never be that guy. Number three, nobody cares how much money you have. This is pretty important at any age, actually. There's there's a huge difference between being the cool guy with a bit of throwaway cash who's buying everyone shots and then being the guy who's buying everyone shots but telling everyone that he has a lot of throwaway cash. The difference is that the second guy is a dick. You are 18 years old. This is one of the only times in your adult life that it's going to be okay to be broke. Why? Because you don't really have many responsibilities and almost everyone else at your age is also broke. But at the same time, if you need to tolerate a few boring stories about somebody's daddy being a high rolling investment banker, but you're getting free shots out of it, it might be worth it. You've got to find your own balance between bullshit and getting free shit. And it's completely up to you where you draw that line. Number four, your body will give you a two year free pass. Okay, so from the ages of 18 to 20, your body kind of recognizes that these are your party years. The hangovers are fairly gentle, but the key thing here is that it's very difficult to gain weight. You can layer pints upon pints upon pizzas, upon kebabs, upon Coca-Cola, upon more pints, and your body just says, yeah, no worries, I got you, it's cool. But the very second that the clock strikes midnight on your 21st birthday, no more, no more, time's up, you're done. Depending on genetics and your body type, this can get worse the older that you get. I'm 25 now. If I inhale while walking past the subway and I get a little whiff of the bread and the sauces coming from inside, I will gain four pounds. Use this free pass like there is no tomorrow because there ain't no getting it back. Number five and bringing us back to the story I told you earlier. Walk away from fights if you can because you're not going to win them. When two drunk 18 year olds fight in the street, the only people that win are the ones that are watching because it is the stupidest and funniest thing in the world. It's like watching two newborn bears competing for their mother's tit. They they can't see properly and their limbs don't really work yet. We see that shit on Attenborough and we go, aww. And that is exactly how I react when I see two drunk students fighting. Like, oh, look at these little guys go. When you're 18 years old, the only person that you should believe when they say they have a black belt or a white belt or anything like that is a woman. If an 18-year-old woman tells you that she's a kickboxer or she knows jiu-jitsu, she is almost definitely telling the truth. A lot of dads get their daughters into combat sports really early in their lives because those same dads know what they were like when they were young and they'll be fucking damned if their daughter is ending up with someone like that. It makes sense. Trust me, these girls will fuck you up. If an 18-year-old man 
tells you he has a black belt or a white belt, etc., etc., he is almost definitely lying. Trust me, he knows as much about fighting as you do, which is absolutely fucking nothing. But if you do end up being provoked into fighting, it all depends on what you're up against. If a fellow 18-year-old tells you to step outside the bar, fuck it, do it. He doesn't know dick about fighting, you'll get some valuable experience and realise that you're not made of glass, and it's fun for people like me to watch. Everybody wins. If a 30-year-old man tells you to step outside the bar, stay calm, agree, but let him walk towards the door first. From here, there are two skills that you need to master. The sucker punch and the 100-meter sprint. As soon as you feel that fresh air on your little pissed up face, from behind, punch him as hard as you fucking can right on his ear. Once that punch has landed, run like you've never ran before. Run like the fucking wind. This is as close as you are ever going to get to winning this fight. Obviously, avoid fighting at all costs, but if needs must, you know what to do. Just on a side note, if you do end up in a fight, don't hesitate to kick the other guy in the bollocks. This is not a professional mixed martial arts bout with a referee. It is a street fight outside a bar. But if he's down and out, he's down and out. It is a very fine line between self-defense and common assault. And if you're wondering, would you take any classes in like boxing or jiu-jitsu or anything like that? No, because then the fights wouldn't be as funny to watch. It's all about give and take. You learn something, I get to see something. Play the game. Number six, you're not sexy. You are a skinny, fresh-faced boy that the law now defines as a man. Don't go in hard asking a new partner to wear some kinky shit. Again, it's all about give and take. You're going to make them wear a naughty maid outfit while you rock their world in some super dry boxes that your mum bought you? Let things progress naturally. You are not a porn star and you are not sexy. And by the way, they're not enjoying it like you think they're enjoying it. You are not the only person in the world that has watched porn, my friend. They will make noises to make you feel better. You should be thankful that they've even remembered your name for long enough to pretend that they're moaning it. Let things progress naturally. Don't go fucking crazy. Nobody wants to be known as that piss guy on campus. For the final time, you're not sexy. Number seven, learn how to drink. You will fuck this up. Okay, that's why I said learn how and not immediately know how. Your tolerance will grow, but learn your limits quickly. There is a single Jaeger bomb between being the life of the party and then being the guy in the corner who's passed out and pissed himself. Saying that, with things like Strongbow Dart Fruit and Pink Gin, there is so much sugar that you can never actually get hammered anymore. It's ridiculous. People go, oh, I'm so, I'm so steaming. Oh, I'm so crazy. You are hyped up on sugar. You are no different to a child that has been drinking fucking Iron Brew all day. It's ridiculous. I remember, I remember being at an after-prom party when I was about 16. And it was at this absolutely gigantic house with fields and shit. And everyone that was in our year group got invited. It was some guy called Jamie. He was a really cool guy, actually. It got to about five in the morning. The sun was coming up and this guy from our school who was just a real creepy motherfucker, I'm not going to say his name, but he passed out drunk on a bench outside, outside the house. I was standing near him and I didn't even realize how much of a state he was in at first until the guy whose party it was, that Jamie, his dad, this at the time I, I was so small and scared and hammered. He just seemed like an absolute tank of a man. He came out. I felt my stomach drop because I thought we were all in real fucking trouble you know, I was 16, pissed up. I just kept myself quiet. I remember he looked at the passed out lad and he just shouted, Oi! And this guy did not move. Totally, totally gone, this creepy motherfucker. The dad went back into the house for about five seconds and he came back out, walked up to me and gave me a red sharpie. And he just said, pass out at my fucking house. Draw fucking cocks all over him for me. 
He wasn't Mancunian. I can't really remember what he sounded like, but that's what he said. And I did. And he watched and we laughed. So never get yourself into that state because people like me and that guy exist. And finally, number eight, have fun. For the love of fucking God, have fun. This is the time of life to make all of your mistakes. This is the time to make all the mistakes before real adulthood. Whatever it is that makes you happy at this age, just fucking do it. Don't even hesitate. I had friends who'd focus on their education because they were genuinely passionate about their studies and what they wanted to do in life. And I had friends that collected STDs like Pokemon. This kind of links back to number four in the way that you have a two-year pass. Mistakes you make up to the age of 21, they don't really matter as much as they do after, barring things like murder. So that will be my final bit of advice. Just fucking enjoy it. You will never get this time back. That is about all I have for you this week, guys and dolls. You'll notice I didn't really speak much about the week that's just passed. I mean, did you want me to? <laughs> Jesus. So, as always, stay safe, keep your hands clean, keep your noses cleaner, and I'll see your fine asses next Friday. Take care of yourselves. See you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of House of Rondog. If you enjoyed what you heard, please remember to hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Google or Spotify or Apple. Doesn't matter. Every subscription supports me. Thank you ever so much, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>